was told when I was a child that sticks and stones may break your bones, but words will never hurt you. And I believed that and said that for a while, for a long while. And then I realized that, well, words do hurt you. And I, I found out that quickly, living in a dysfunctional home, as I've described many times uh, in different podcasts, uh, words do hurt. And it, it is not true. Yes, yeah, sticks and stones may hurt you. And words may hurt you as well. And it doesn't matter who you are, from the President of the United States to the church attendee, the sanctified ones. Everyone is weaponizing their words, seemingly. We can use our communication to hurt or to heal. We have a choice of how we assemble, collect our words, and deploy them. And that's what I want to talk about in this website, because you're just as guilty as I am, and it is appropriate and biblical and wise and humble that we set aside time from time to time to assess various things in our life. And so I wanted to give you some information that I hope will help you to assess how you communicate I'm doing the same thing. I don't want you to think that I'm not. I, I do not detach myself from the things that I write and the podcasts that I produce. I am Exhibit A. I am my number one counselee. I am the person with the log in my eye. And so I, I do apply these things. I'm not a detached Christian or a detached counselor or a, a, tr- a detached helper. As, and what I mean by that is that I, I detach the words that I say from applying to me, and I'm just giving them directly to you. You don't want to be a detached person where the things that you say do not apply to you. And so I have a podcast for you. It's episode 204. The title of it is Stick, Stones, and Words Will Hurt You. And I do hope that you will take a little bit of time as you listen to this podcast, even if it's only the length of this podcast, that you'll take this time to self-assess, to address, that you, you roll the video back over the past 24 hours or the past seven days, or however long you need to roll the video back. It may be a mini series. But however long you need to roll the video back and think about the interactions that you've had with different people and the words that you have chosen to use in those interactions. Now, if you would like to talk about this podcast, we would love to to talk with you about it. And so if you have a question, if you need some direction, if you need um, some more resources, well, I've, I've written about most everything Uh, conceptually in one way or another, and perhaps we can find something on our website that we can provide for you that will help you as you interact with others, as you talk with others about how you can change and enlist them to help you in your ongoing change, and we would love to assist in that as well. So let us know. You can jump on our free forums. We have free forums. You get your username and password and ask your question. We also have private forums for those who are supporting our ministry. You have a private place. It's much smaller, obviously, uh, where you can come and you can ask your questions there. And so please do that. And so it's episode 204, Stick, Stones, and Words Will Hurt You. I have an infographic here in these show notes, and I would love for you to take a look at it. I'll talk about it in just a moment. But first, our words 
they're like ready soldiers. They're collected in our hearts, and they are directed from our tongues. And we can wield them in a God-centered way, or we can wield them in a self-centered way. It is our, our choice. Sometimes our words build up the hearer. This is the word. The old English word here is to edify. To edify is to build up, and that's what our words can do. It's almost like building a platform under them, and they stand upon it. It just builds them up, and that's what words can do for a person, and that is a good thing. That is an excellent way to be redemptive in our speech, but other times our words can tear them down with no plan to cooperate with the Lord in building them back up with your words. Now, I want you, what I want you to hear here, that entire sentence, because we could hear that and say, yes, yeah, sometimes our words tear down and that is bad. Well, no, it's not necessarily bad. It's only bad when your words tear someone down and, they, and you're not, you have no plan to cooperate with the Lord in building them back up with the use of your words. Sometimes people need to be deconstructed. Sometimes you need to tear things down. When people are defaming God, you need to tear that down. That is redemptive communication. But you do that not just, not just to tear them down or tear down what they're saying, but you're doing it because you have a plan to rebuild. And so whether we are encouraging others or, rather, or if we are helping people to rethink how they're living their lives, our words should be redemptive. Now, we're all guilty about doing it poorly. And so what I hope that you don't do in this podcast, I don't want you to think about primarily how others have hurt you. Recently, I had someone on Facebook, I ran across it, and he, it, the, guy, the guy called me a moron. Now, I can't really argue with him. As I told my wife, I said, I can be moronic sometimes, and I, I get that, so it's not a point. I'm not going to argue with him about it, but I thought, you don't even know me. I don't know him. He don't know me. In one of those rare moments, I did com- uh, comment on on that, and I asked him, I said, I don't know you, and but if I have offended you, I would love to ask for forgiveness of that if you would let me know what it is. Uh, and so I said that to him, but I, I was curious as to why he would, I mean, some people just don't have a social filter and unfortunately, we live in an age that don't have the wisdom or the grace either, and they just say things boldly. There is a disinhibition effect with social media. And what I mean by that is that we're not inhibited. It's a disinhibition effect. We're not inhibited. And we would say things that we would never say to somebody's face. We are keyboard warriors. We're hiding behind our keyboards and our computer screens and just lashing out at people that we don't know. And it's a sad thing. And right down, right up to the the president of the United States, to the church member, we all can be guilty of doing this. And so what I don't want you to do is to focus primarily on those who have hurt you with their words because I know you have a list. So do I. But I want you to hear that they have a list too, and you're on it because you have hurt others as well. 
And so it may be profitable, it'd be more profitable to consider in this podcast for you to address the log in your eye while begging for the mercy and strength of God to help you to change the way that you communicate, and I will do similarly. I will make the same applications to myself, but we would really miss the point. You know, if we don't apply it to ourselves, if your impulse If your first impulse is always to think about what others have done for you, there is something wrong with you. There really is. There's something wrong with you. Jesus, he had some very strong language when he talked about this in Matthew 7, 3, 4, and 5, that we address the log in our eye. And so I trust that this is not your impulse, or if it's your impulse, that you don't linger there and you come back. And you make this about you and address uh, how you need to change as you listen to this, episode 204. I want to talk about it in, a few diff- in, in three different ways. Number one, I want to talk about how our words come from our heart. Number two, how they come from our tongue. Number three, how we are made to, in the image of God. And then what I want you to do is to take this information and I want you to look at this infographic in episode 204. Again, the title of it is Stick, Stones, and Words Will Hurt You. And I want you to look at this infographic, and I want to give you a homework assignment. I want you to use this infographic, and I want you to share it with someone who's close to you, someone who knows you well, and someone's not afraid to speak the truth to you. Someone who loves you enough, and they have the courage to communicate to you in a way in which you need to be communicated with, and that you share this graphic to them, and and the content of this podcast, and have a discussion about how you can address the words that you use. But point number one is that all your words come from your heart. Those of you who have been listening to me for any amount of time, you you should know that already. You should know that our words come from our heart. Jesus, Jesus could not be more explicit about this matter in Luke 6, 43, 44, 45. In those three verses, he said the same thing six times to get his point across, and his point was, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. One of the most effective ways to assess your spiritual condition is to evaluate the words that you use. Those words that come off your tongue is like an x-ray that reveals the condition of your heart. Go back and view your Facebook communication, whether currently or historically, Go back 10 years and look how you have communicated back then. Hopefully, you will say, oh my, I can't believe I said that, or I shouldn't have said that, or I would say it differently today. Hopefully, that will be something that you would say, because if you haven't changed in 10 years, there's something wrong. And so as you play the tape back, don't fall into the ditch of self-pity or or regret. You could praise God. I've changed. I don't talk like that anymore. But play the tape back, whether it's Facebook. What have you been saying to other people? Maybe you can have this conversation with someone who's close to you and ask. just ask them directly. How do my words impact? How do they influence you? How do you hear me? Maybe you have an interpretation of, of what you think you say and how you believe you come across to other people. You remember the first time you recorded yourself on a cassette? You may have had the same experience as me. Oh, my. Do I, do I sound like that? 
Yeah, you sound like that. Everybody in the room knows that, but you, now you know. Well, you have an interpretation of how you come across to others. Once you ask them how they believe that you come across to them, it would be a fantastic leadership opportunity to enlist the input of those closest to you. Perhaps there are some areas where you need to change. But point number one is your words come from your heart. Number two, they come off your tongue. As you assemble your words, as you collect them in your heart and move them from your heart, they eventually march off your tongue to do what you intended for them to do. And you can direct your words to the work of building up, to edify, edification, to building up of others. Or you can weaponize them to tear down things that you don't like. Now, both of these options could be redemptive. Why don't you think about this for a moment? Both options, using your words to build somebody up, well, I think that's obviously redemptively. You can see that as being redemptive. But you can also tear down things that you don't like, and that could be redemptive as well. Jesus used his words to build up others. We see it all over the four Gospels. As we, as we read those four biographies of Jesus, we see him over and over again being encouraging with his words. But at other times, he was precise, direct, surgical, as he sought to deconstruct and destroy those who were defaming the name of the Lord, and that is redemptive too. And it is important that you hear that. See, some folks believe that niceness should prevail all the time in all contexts and toward all people. Now, what I mean by niceness, we should be nice. We should be nice to other people. And so let me bring a little more clarity to that. Sometimes they call it Extending grace. We just need to extend grace. Extending grace in many times is Christian code for not rocking the boat. It's Christian code for not getting into the messy things in people's lives when you should get into the messy things. We just want to be nice. We just want to extend grace. And what we're saying is we don't rock, we don't want to rock the boat. And there could be reasons for this. Fear obviously being one. Other people believe that you should, you should just mind your own business. You should mind your own business, but the business that you should be minding is the Lord's business. That is your business. You are an ambassador for God. Minding your business means minding the Lord's business. It's what Luke, it's what Jesus talked about in Luke 2.49. And he said to them, Why were you looking for me? The young Jesus said. Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And some of you remember reading the, the earlier version of that in the King James Bible, minding the Lord's business. And that's what we should be doing. And if you are minding the Lord's business, you're being nice, of course, but you're also rocking the boat. And both of those things can be, can be redemptive. If you're not a boat rocker, a redemptive boat rocker, uh, then there's something you need to address there. The highest marching orders for your words come from the Lord and should not be linked 
to your anger or managed by others. If you are minding the Lord's business, then your words are are linked to the Lord. They're not linked to anger or they're not linked to being managed by others. And so there's three possibilities here for you to be controlled as far as your words are concerned. You can be controlled and managed by the Lord. And if you are controlled and managed by the Lord, then sometimes you'll be nice. Sometimes you'll extend grace. Other times you'll rock the boat because you have a plan. You are redemptive. You have a redemptive plan, and you want to cooperate with the Lord and being redemptive, and sometimes you have to rock the boat in order to do that. And again, if you're not if you're not a, a, a boat rocker, a redemptive boat rocker, you do need to address that. And so you'll either be managed by the Lord or you'll be managed by your anger and just call somebody a moron or say other kind thing, unkind things to people, especially behind their backs, more often than not on social media. Or you'll be managed by others. The person who is managed by others is an individual many times that they, they're guarding their reputation. They don't want to be, they don't want a spot on their reputation, like by being a boat rocker. They won't rock a boat because they want to be perceived well by other people. I just read an article this weekend where a pastor was apologizing uh, for his uh, sorry attitude that he had toward women of abuse particularly uh, within the Sovereign Grace Ministry debacle that's been going on for the past 10 years. And he said he, he took uh, his cues from the evangelical, the famous evangelical leaders together for the gospel, uh, from some, many of those leaders and the, the, the high-profile leaders that are a part of, of that group. And because he wanted to be thought well of among those people, uh, he chose to dismiss some realities that was truly happening, and that can happen if you are managed by others in this specific way. I'm talking about your reputation and what other people think about you. You will not rock the boat. And so either you're managed by the Lord and you're doing his business, which can be being kind and encouraging others, and it can be rocking the boat, or you're managed by your anger where you are impulsive and you just respond in anger at whatever it is, or you're managed by others because you they control you and you want to be thought in a certain way or in a certain light by them. Here's a couple questions for you to think about. Are you impulsive with your words? Do you fling them out when irritated because you lack self-control? And this would be a good time to play the tape back, play the video back over the past 24 hours, seven days, seven years, and just assess yourself. I realize that you're going to have episodic moments where you're going to respond impulsively. We all do that. But I'm talking about a pattern of impulsivity where you don't have that social filter or you are angry. You don't have self-control. You have power, which is what your anger is, but your power is not submitted to a greater power, the Spirit of God. Power controlling your power. But rather than that, you unleash in anger toward other people. Are you impulsive? Number two, are you afraid to speak up? 
because you're more concerned about how others perceive you than minding the Lord's business. How does your craving for reputation govern your communication? This is episode 204, Sticks, Stones, and Words Will Hurt You. All of our words come from our hearts, and they roll off our tongues. Now, the most important concept to remember about communication is that God made all people in His image. God made Republicans in His image, and God made Democrats in His image. And God made every other person in his image. Whether you're talking to someone or you are talking about someone, that person is valuable. Not because they are anything special, but because of their creator. It is the creator. It is the author. It is the originator that gives value to the thing. The reason a Rembrandt is so valuable is not because of the painting, but because of the name, because of Rembrandt and who he was. He is the one that brings value to the painting. God is the one that brings value to the individual. We're totally depraved. Paul said we were worthless in Romans 3.12. But the reason that we have value is because we're made in the image of God. It doesn't matter whether you're saved or lost. All people are made in God's image, Genesis Genesis 1.27. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God. He created him, male and female. He created them. And notice what James does is he takes this idea of made in the image of God And he ties it to our communication in James 3, 9, and 10. He says, with it, the it here is our tongues. With our tongues, we bless our Lord and Father. And with our tongues, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be. Do you hear what he said? He says that these people, all people, are made in the similitude, made in the likeness, made in the image of God. And so he's tying our speech to the fact that we are image bearers. And so the primary concept to remember about communication is that God made all people in his image. And the second key to remember about how you communicate is that your speech must be redemptive. Now, if, if you can keep these two ideas in mind, it can have great impact on how you communicate. Made in the image of God should govern everything when we think about other people. And then being redemptive, gospel-centered is what I'm talking about here. And so the second key is to be redemptive with these God image bearers. Now, redemptive speech does imply that sometimes you have to share hard things with someone, as I said earlier. But it does not suggest that you have to be mean about it, and that is the key. You can share hard things. There's two ways to share hard things with somebody. You can do it with a sinful attitude, or you can do it with a redemptive attitude. 
but you must do it. When it's time to share hard things, you must share it, but you must share it with a redemptive attitude. I don't have a—it's hard for me to respect a coward. It's hard for me to respect someone who is not willing to step up to the plate and to speak the truth in love. I see this all the time with biblical counselors. They either say things with anger in their heart or they won't engage at all. And it's, it is exceptional to, to see a biblical counselor, specifically what I'm talking about here, is to where they will communicate hard truth to someone, but they're not angry about it. My prof during my MABC program at the Masters University, my prof at that time was Wayne Mack. And he communicated this concept to me during class one time when he said, he said it like this, talking to someone, you could say this, you can love me now and hate me later, or you can hate me now and love me later. The point that Wayne was making is that sometimes we are afraid of the displeasure of other people. And so we say things that won't stir their retaliation. This type of speech is not redemptive communication. It is spineless communication. Sometimes you have to say hard things to someone. And so we can choose to say the appropriate words, redemptive words, though they will bring discomfort to the hearer at the moment. The chance of them loving you later is possible. I remember one time I was counseling a person, and I, uh, we were at the end of our counseling season. This was our very last meeting, and I shared with this person, which is something I, uh, I only recall saying one other time in my entire Christian life, but I said to this person, I don't think that you are a believer, and the short story is he got angry with me, which I anticipated that he would and so I spent a lot of time praying about how I was going to communicate this to him because I wanted to help him. I wanted to be redemptive. But he got angry anyway. And then three years later, I met him in this fortuitous moment, and, and he told me that he had gotten saved six months earlier, that he, he was angry when I told him what I said. And then he thought about it. And then for a few years, and then God began to work in his heart, and then God saved him. We can choose to say the appropriate words, and it will bring discomfort at the moment. But the chance of loving them, loving you later is possible. But if you are more guarded about your reputation or you're fear, a fearful person, you will manipulate them to like you today but it will have no redemptive value in the future. Imagine how much you hinder what could happen in their life if you said the difficult thing today rather than being a coward. An excellent way for you to evaluate your communication is to think about different people in your life, whether in your real world or your cyber world, and and then process them. And what, what I want you to do is I want you to process them through the graphic that I have in this show, in these show notes. I have a graphic, and the title of it is Devaluing Image Bearers. And I have this text here that I mentioned earlier with James, that with the tongue we bless our Lord and our Father, and with it we curse those who are made in the likeness of God. But I also have Ephesians 4.29, Let no corrupting talk 
come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up. But I'm putting a caveat here. I want you to think about building up because some people read this verse and they will interpret it as being nice. And again, what they mean by being nice is not ever saying difficult things. Sometimes the nicest thing that you can do for a person is speak the truth in love. And it is imperative that we use both of those words, truth and love. But this infographic is called the dehumanizing continuum. And I have a series of words, and it's not an exhaustive list of words, but it starts at the most positive point, And then it moves all the way to the right to the most negative point, which is murder. The most dehumanizing thing that you could ever do to somebody is kill them, so you can't do anything worse than that. And so it's called the dehumanizing continuum. I'll read the list of words here, and again, it's a non-exhaustive list, but you can see the the slowly degradation of the words. They start at the highest point, and they go to the lowest point, which is murder. Here's the list. Encourage, silence, criticism, mocking, sarcasm, ridicule, porn, dehumanizing form of communication, racism, abuse, abortion, and murders. And I just teased out murders and added abortion before that, but obviously abortion is murder as well. But I wanted to give you an iteration of murder, one iteration, which is abortion, but any murder. Encourage, silence, criticism, mocking, sarcasm, ridicule, porn, racism, abuse, abortion, murder. You can look at the graphic here, and I would encourage you to do that. And then I want you to self-assess. How do you use your communication? How do you value or devalue image bearers? You have been listening to Life Over Coffee with Rick Thomas. If you have a question for Rick, you can let him know by sending him a note through his website, rickthomas.net. That's rickthomas.net. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your coffee.